So I wanted to give some context to this recording. Um, first off, I um, we recorded it in a closet, uh, and part of me wants to sit down and really make it sound amazing because there's a little bit of an echo on my side, but the other part of me doesn't want to. So I ran some filters, and I think it's fine the way it is. Secondly, um, this discussion that uh, District Attorney Ben and I were going to have was very originally planned to be very different. Um, I had I was chairing an HA meeting, Heroin Anonymous meeting in uh, Gloucester. Uh, it was my last one. Uh, I, the speaker I had came out, kind of earwormed into my head, and uh, this what was supposed to happen didn't happen. It's still a wonderful discussion. I really enjoyed it. I'm hoping to have him back on again, but it kind of more turned into a therapy session than it was supposed to be a discussion on morality uh, because of what happened beforehand. Still, I, I love it. I think it's great, and I really hope that me and him get to sit down again. Um, but I just wanted to say, River, this was not supposed to be a therapy session. Um, and hopefully when Ben comes on again, it will be a little bit more pointed and uh, uh, on track. And uh, if you don't like the audio, sorry. I just really don't want to fucking engineer it. I really don't want to. But I think it sounds fine anyway. I'm getting better. Episode four, it's, it, you know, kinks and whistles getting worked out. So enjoy. All right. And, uh... Welcome to episode, I believe this is going to be four, of Teaching River. Uh, River, you are 1,258 days old, and uh, I am here with District, uh, District Attorney Ben. Well, yeah, District Attorney Ben is fine. Dab, well, you know, I, I, gotta, I gotta roll with uh, what I know, you know. Um... So we're gonna talk about morality, and to kick it off, technically, I owe you an amends, as per my uh, program. Um, yeah, I know, the, uh, so it is actually, it is on my fourth step. Um, a couple years ago, we don't need to get into the details, but we had a, a tiff, and I handled it improperly. And, um, you know, and then went off on a heroin run. And mm. basically, you basically what you said something to me that was very honest, truthful and spot the fuck on. And I wasn't ready to handle it at the time. And I apologize for the way that I handled the situation because I definitely handled it wrong. And you're probably searching your brain for what it was. No. Pro pro OK, so just basically, I apologize. You were spot the fuck on with what, what was going on and I apologize and uh, if there is anything that I can do to you know mend our relationship or I don't even know if we if I damaged it but I, I, I apologize sir um yeah uh, as far as the incident concerned I mean eventually it got to a point where I because I knew you were going through a hard time I felt bad for my part of it because I was vulnerable and I was reacting to what you were doing and I was lashing out mm. even though you, it might have been saying things that you weren't ready to hear you you still weren't ready to hear them so that was something that I wasn't happy about and 
Uh, you know, of course. I mean, water under the bridge, man. Cool. Yeah. Good. I, it's 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 been something that uh, uh, other ones of our fr- other people in our friendship. I also basically for River, not too much of the background, but we uh, I, we were working on a creative project. I was spiraling out of control, and they were trying to help me, and I didn't handle the situation like an adult because I wasn't ready to at the time. But you know, I appreciate. Let's shake. I appreciate it. And yeah, of course. We'll move forward. Of course. Uh, the reason I'm doing that now on air is because we're here to talk about morality. And we're about to hate each other again. <laughs> I can tell. Yes. More accurately, probably debate uh, heatedly. So, um, uh, I don't know about that. I don't know if I have strong feelings. Okay. Okay. Well, that'll be interesting. Because, so, um, I'd say a couple months ago, I, um, emailed you and was asking about morality because um being in recovery um i i wake up every day Mm. and i need to uh say to myself let's head out on good intentions you know it's kind of like a mental thing in the morning i go i'm i'm gonna do my best not to use today i'm going to try and help somebody in my life however that may be and i'm gonna try and be a good person which for a normal human being that's not an addict probably is kind of ingrained in them already but because of my um background as an addict i just tend to be an asshole in everyday life and i have to you know it's just a mental thing in the morning that i need to try and check and um i i of our group of friends uh judge mike and you are like the brains we've always gotten along because that mike is like the technological sort of brains and you to me have always been the emotional smart Hmm. like you're you've kind of always been in tune with with emotions and feelings and thoughts and philosophy and um you know so you were the guy that i i wanted to talk to about this was like basically the the dry open question is you know how do you what i emailed you was i'm worried for um the fact that I need to wake up and do that every morning, that I have to try and make a conscious effort not to be a dickhead, I'm worried about how I'm going to teach River mm-hmm. to, you know, I'm hoping that she isn't an addict like me, um, uh, but, I, you know, I'm worried about how me as a person who has done terrible, stupid things mm-hmm. is going to pass along morality to a young woman. And, um, you know, so where do you think uh, morality comes from? Because for me, when I look at myself, I think um, in my experience with kids in general, especially River, kids are born with like an innate goodness. Hmm. And this is my opinion. Um, I think that, you know, society sort of um, grinds um, good and bad out of them. You know, society has a big input on, on uh, who you are as a person. And like, where do you think for you, um, morality came from? Because I never grew up with a religion, so my parents kind of really were heavy on logic and trying not to make emotional decisions, and I don't know. I don't well, trying know. not to make emotional decisions is a good idea. Like, if you're try- deciding whether to buy a house and, like, it's based on whether you, I don't know, you uh, bonded with your real estate agent there. Like that's a bad reason to buy that fucking house. Um, and that's good for that. But family decisions, I mean, um, you, your emotions and your logic 
I actually like this. There's not many things from Ayn Rand that I find original or interesting, but this one I actually tend to like. The idea is that if your emotions, if you're if you're properly thinking through things, your emotions and your logic should actually align. They should push in the same direction. Okay. Because if you have Let's say you know you. Let's say you reasonably you should do X, but your emotions tell you should do Y. That might mean that you just haven't fully thought out what you're about to do, and your emotions might be ahead. Like your subconscious might be ahead of your conscious thoughts, okay. and that might be something you have to just either go with your gut, or like like a split second decision, like should I do this, should I not, that kind of thing. Um, you know, maybe it's. Uh, going on a date with a girl or something like that, like choosing to go out with a partner. Someone says, hey, do you want to go grab a drink? And you think, oh, shit, shit, shit. I, you know, I've worked tomorrow, but eh, this feels right. Okay, yes, fine. Let's go. Let's do it. Maybe in situations like that, it's okay to listen to your emotions. But for the most part, for like big, important decisions, your logic should be doing your work for you. But when it comes to what's right and wrong with people like interpersonal questions that's very emotional that's very much well what do i feel it's very much about being genuine being vulnerable and your logic helps you you know piece through the consequences of how you feel about things but how you feel about things should play a pretty big role okay like why do you like you care i assume about what happens to river because you care there's no that's an emotion that's not there's no reason behind that. Like, there's no... Well, so, okay, let me throw it in of, like, obviously she's my daughter, but uh, when you say that, the idea that comes to mind is, and why I'm doing this podcast in general, is because I feel that uh, I made a decision. My Her mother and I sat down. We made a long, hard, thought-out process of we're going to bring this human being into the world. Sure. So I feel as if I have a responsibility to do the best I can. And that is a logically based decision because my emotion was I want to I want to do this. I'm not saying that there aren't good reasons to okay. want to protect your daughter. What I'm saying is I'm just guessing that you have a strong compulsion to to have her live a good life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's not it's not something like you could you could give me good arguments. You could give me great arguments probably. But you have a feeling of connection, or maybe even indebtedness. Yeah. Yes, that would be accurate. Yes. Right. So. Is compulsion and responsibility? Yeah. What do you think? Is there a difference there? Well, I mean, you can get slippery with compulsion. Like, you could compulsively like knock three times on every door you pass. But, um, a, a sense of responsibility is compelling. You might understand that you are responsible for paying your light bill every month but you understand that by bringing a child into this world who never asked to be a part of this world you just brought them in without their consent that on an emotional level and the fact that they're a part of you Mm. All those things can combine to a kind of responsibility that is compelling on a deep, deep level. That's emotionally compelling. It's it's a it's a part of your underlying values. Yes. And those those actually I think closely relate to what I think morality mostly is. And I think that we 
have our values. Our values are our values. And those can run into what society thinks we should value. Those can run into what um, religions tell us to value. And they can run into what we, in some aspect of our mind, you know, we have expectations of ourself. We think we ought Mm -hmm. to believe X, Y, and Z, but we, we don't. And that can create all sorts of conflicts. But so, um, uh, I, what's your background? Just so River knows. Oh, um, so <laughs> jumped right in, and you know, uh, there's a reason I'm talking to you. And if you don't mind giving that background, it right. So, um, I I went to school for philosophy, but I specifically got interested in a guy by the name of David Hume. And David Hume was a um, Renaissance philosopher um, who focused in skepticism and reason, and he also had a very powerful, compelling moral argument that is basically, it still shapes the way that moral discussions happen today. Um, And he was very influential in the way I think about things, and my background is philosophy, very philosophy strong. I did ended up doing my senior thesis on David Hume and his moral argument. So then perfect, like, um, this podcast is born from, I've always considered myself an amateur scientist and, and, and science drives me. Um, what drives you, drove you into philosophy? Uh, you know, what caught your eye? Naivety. Yeah. 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 I, I, uh, I, I saw the big questions and I wanted the big answers. So at what point does, uh, young Ben, uh, decide like for me, uh, in one of the episodes, I, t- I say that like probably around like 10 is when, uh, 10 to 13, I lost my grandfather and that made me go, what is life? What, when does that mm. happen for Ben? Why? Okay. Um, what does it? I don't know. I mean, I probably had like the average amount of uh, family trauma and disruption in the household. Um, I don't know if any of that was particularly compelling. I did lose my grandfather when I was around 10-ish. I don't know if that really pushed me into like the philosophical sphere. I, just, I, I kind of was always just trying to be the smartest one in the room at any given time so because I, I, I felt that um, probably that was a, dis, a, a distinguishing characteristic and so like when you're young and struggling for an identity yes. you cling on to whatever you have so um, yeah so then, uh, yeah. I, I would say I was always the kind of person who was trying to have the best answer to the hardest questions. And the biggest, hardest, most interesting questions are questions about religion and morality and all that kind of stuff. So I was the kind of kid who, like, when there was AOL chat rooms and, like, kids getting, like, picked up by predators, I was in, like, the religious ones being like, God is dumb, you believe in a zombie Jesus, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, I was, like, the typical, you know, teenage... I wasn't an atheist. Actually, I was brought into atheism via one of these chats where someone finally was just pushing my ideas farther and farther and I like didn't have any good arguments and I was like, huh, yeah, I guess I guess you're right. I, I guess you don't need a God to make the universe work. Okay. And then I was like, I guess I'm an atheist. When does that happen to you? What age? Mm, whew, maybe 14, maybe 13. 
Okay. Um, it's it. Just for River to know, we're sitting in a closet in his apartment um, with clothes all around us. So we just kind of like dove right in. The one question I did forget to ask is um, if I ask anything that is uncomfortable that you don't want to talk about that you don't want the world to have okay please tell me you know normally beforehand i would say hey what's off the table where shouldn't i go um i mean i assume you can edit this right yes. well the goal is hopefully i i don't want ever really want to but yes if you said something you want out of course cool um but uh you know do you mind giving your your background you know hmm. were you raised in religion oh, um, oh okay uh, so i was raised jewish ish Mm-hmm. Which <laughs> the we, we we didn't keep kosher. We didn't keep the Sabbath. Typically, like every now and then, we would do a. Um, well, if we were doing like um, uh, if we were doing Shabbat, we would go to the actual temple and like just do the prayers. We wouldn't do the whole dinner at home. Um, we do the high holy days, and we a lot of times spend those with family, and still do. Um, but we again, we you know we had bacon and eggs on the weekend and. It wasn't like it, it wasn't super Jewish, but again, that's also part and due to the town we grew up in, which was there was maybe two or three other Jewish families in there at the time. I don't know if there's any more or any fewer. Um, I know the town is diversifying somewhat, but that's another. It's irrelevant. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, uh, Jewish-ish. My my mother converted before I was born, so technically I was born Jewish, and that's it, because Judaism passes down the matrilineal line in a matrilineal fashion. Um, I was born Jewish. So I got to go to Israel for free. (laughs) But otherwise some Jews, in fact, a lot of the very religious Jews wouldn't consider me a real Jew unless I converted myself. Even if I was bar mitzvahed, you're born Jewish. It's one of the only religions in the world that you were born into. Ah, Yes. Now, um, I had this, when my grandfather passed away, I'm probably 12, 13-ish, I have this existential crisis about life, and Mm. I uh, start, I I want to get into religion, uh, or I want to get into science, and as I'm starting to read science, uh, this is the Google age, I realize I probably need to back up and go into religion. I start going into religion, and I also go, shit, I probably need to back up even further and look into philosophy, and so then several years pass as I kind of make my way through that. Oh, interesting. Um, I am not in any way raised in a Jewish or a, a religious a, a household. Religious household gotcha. at all. Um, one of the religions that I do have a reverence for, even back when I was reading about it, was Judaism. Because correct me if I'm wrong, it always seemed to me as if it were more of a a, a, gui- a guideline, like hey, right. do this. You know, we're not going to slap you. You know, you're not going to hell if you don't. But it's probably the best. I, I always felt as if when I, when I read Jewish text, it was always like, this would probably be a good idea to do this because it'll make you feel good. Well, so there's a couple there's a couple competing forces in Judaism that makes it at least there are brands of it that are very much the way you're describing. So uh, in one sense, um, the big renaissance of medieval philosophy was the rediscovery of Aristotle. So there's a a lot of philosophical rigor and open-mindedness that is an undercurrent in a lot of Jewish philosophy and a lot of Jewish religion that has stayed with it. In In another sense, though, Judaism has always been a kind of a boundary pushing religion where the discussion and the questioning has always been a a major part of biblical study. 
that said, there are plenty of um, very staunch moralist Jews. We don't have the threat of heaven or hell, but they take living a religious life very seriously, and they and they do the best they can to live a life without sin. Now, is it comparable? Yeah, I mean, you 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 absolutely can compare some of the the craziest Jewish cults to the crazy like Westboro I mean, Baptist. Every religion has its crazy. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it, Jews are a different breed than, let's say, your everyday evangelical. Yes, that's something I noticed when I was younger. So then, like, uh, how how is that? Like, what, do, are you raised with, um, is God being talked in your household when you're younger? Hmm. Well, when or you're young, you're more? full of questions. So, like, I remember, th- th- fuzzily, I remember asking my mom, well, where is God? Like, where... Where is he? And her, she actually kind of gave a really hippy dippy answer, which is maybe a product of her being a teenager through the '60s. But uh, she was like, "Well, God's all around us." Gave this like kind of pantheistic yeah. uh, answer, which is actually a deep, yeah. like resonating uh, philosophy that even still today, I mean, it has a lot of ardent followers. Like if you talk to, okay, so just a quick sidebar: if you talk to like Sam Harris's wife. Yeah. And even Sam Harris, one of the biggest competing ideas for what consciousness is might mean that the universe itself is conscious, which is essentially pantheism. Yes. Okay, but these are people who are renowned for their anti-religious positions, these people who are, you know, ardent critics of religion. It's a very interesting thing. Side note, just happened to be implanted in into my psyche when I was a bit younger mm. but as far as like talking religion with my dad I don't remember ever really doing that mm. I like we would talk about I don't know I hated Hebrew school I hated all that shit like I hated having to go somewhere I was not very popular I was a little asshole I was mal uh, maladjusted to like social life and stuff like that so like just social gatherings where I had to be with groups of people I couldn't handle the group dynamic mm. it was very very unsettling and I was very bad at it mm. so um, unlike you know someone who's smart who's really smart and leans into the things they're bad at and becomes better at them mm. I would shy away from it mm. so yeah, I fucking hated Hebrew school. Um, and I was a little punk there because, again, trying to be the smartest person in the room. And I wanted to push the boundaries there and see how how far I could take it with those questions. Like, well, where is God? Okay, if, if God's everywhere, then why does he really care if I, you know, if I wear my hat in this room? You know, why do I have to wear my yarmulke inside the house of worship if God is really everywhere? Yeah. This isn't his house. Every house is his house. <laughs> it's kind of shit like that. Yeah, right. I love it. Now, technically, they could have come back strong at me and been like, well, the Orthodox actually do wear their yarmulke because everywhere and I'm like well then why aren't we orthodox I would have been an asshole anyway it it doesn't matter I was an asshole so then um, I'm trying to paint the so I'm where did I get where do you then you know uh, a questioning young Jewish kid uh, that has God introduced to him when does then he branch to philosophy branch to philosophy okay so this is uh, almost embarrassing um so I read what? Dish it out, baby. Oh God. Oh God. I can if Nick ever hears this, I'm never gonna hear the end of it. Okay, so um early early on, I used to go to these soccer tournaments with my brother and we listened to one of these books by a guy named Terry Goodkind. And Terry Goodkind is a fantasy writer. Um, but he's greatly inspired by Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand was a twentieth century um 
egoist philosopher. So that was her ethical um, structure that she came up with. And he embedded that philosophy in that series, which... You know, I read the series and all of a sudden thought, ah, I'm a philosopher. I've got answers. Yeah, yeah. And it's, actually, it's actually kind of one of the things that got me to look into philosophy further because I wanted strong answers. And that was the beginning of me thinking about philosophy. But what really got me into it was I had a just an intro class in county college. Okay. I was, you know, fuck around, wasting my life, doing nothing at OCC. And... Uh, I mean, hey, great school, but like, yeah. it's definitely a great school when you're fucking around, you don't know what you're doing yes. to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Do something. Um, but yeah, so I took an intro class and I found some really interesting answers to some really profound questions. Example, please. Um, okay, so I don't know if it's so much an answer as like a, a telling someone they don't have an answer. So the classic uh, problem of evil, right? So if evil exists, how could an all-loving, all-knowing, all-powerful God exist? Because if he's all-knowing and all-powerful, then he can't be all-loving because then evil wouldn't exist. And if he's all-loving and all-powerful, then he can't be all-knowing because he can't know about the evil or else he'd make it not exist. I mean, you see what it is? Yes, so, yes. Uh, yeah, it's, Paradox, it's the yeah, classic problem of evil, right? And there's all sorts of rebuttals and fun things you can go from there. But when I saw that, I was like, ooh, that's interesting. Um, what, you know, what other kind of questions are like this? What other, like, what other stuff has been thought? Like, let's, I want to take a look and see what these other guys have to say. And, uh, you know, I was also always into science and things like that. And... I knew that skepticism was a philosophical position and I wanted to look more into that. So I then, you know, dreamed up this idea of going off to college and uh, either getting a philosophy degree and then falling back on a law degree or getting a philosophy degree and going into um, being a professor and like, okay. you know, being a philosopher and thinking up thoughts and getting paid for my brain, which was cool. It was a cool idea to me. Um, so fun little side note. Um, I mean, I'd love what I do for a living. I'm very good at it. I, I, I have pride in it. Um, the, the lofty dream that I have now that I'm sober and I'm getting my life back on track and can hopefully continuing to do that, the, I would love to. And so many people have been like, dude, do you really like you can't do it? Um, they were, it would take forever. I would love to get a degree in physics and teach it. I don't care at what level, high school or college, but like when I'm done video editing mm -hmm. and 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 I want to retire, I you could like teach to, you could teach to, high school physics right now. I would I would love to that that's like a dream. So so I get it. <laughs> I, you know the whole uh, you know I mean it's so egocentric at least for me of be, you know but it's also like I, I just love the idea of passing on this knowledge to you know somebody. So you're, you're not alone in that. Well, getting a PhD in physics, I will say, is hard, but I don't think you. You couldn't do it. I think uh, you would have a hard time, um, probably just getting a job. Like, get like yes. it's not easy, yes. even if you have a PhD, to just find something to do with that PhD. Like, it's not easy out there for scientists. So on that, um, on that, like, so uh, what is your specific degree, please? Oh, uh, so I have a bachelor's in. Uh, philosophy, and I have a oh God, a JD, so a Juris Doctorate in Law. 
Okay. What's a Juris Doctor? I've never heard of that. Before. It's a um, it's law degree. Yeah, it's a okay. it's a law degree, regular law degree. I mean, there's other there's like LMs, so it's all the same shit. Okay. Um. So, I know I'm so jumping all over the place, but I I, I know I can do this with you. That so that's why. Um. So, where does Ben kind of explain to me how, how you think, um, like. I'm going to tell you what I think, and, and, and you do your philosophy thing to it. I look at River when she's born. Okay. You know, I'm, like, just throwing shit at you. I'll, philo- I'll philosophy you, bro. Yeah. I'll fucking philosophy the shit out of this. Let's go. Um, so I see this beautiful young girl born, um, and I go, I have done horrible things in my life. I've been a shitty person. There's no way I can raise a, a good human being. Um, Scary. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I melt down. You know, I mean, it is, it's famously told in this podcast and, um, you know, I melt my whole, whole life down. Um, I, I get my shit back together. Uh, I, I try every day to continue forward on this path. And I think to myself, like being that I've done amoral things, mm-hmm. um, possibly, um, that would make me a good teacher because I know where somebody can go. Mm. Um, but also am I at all, um, you know, equipped to handle the responsibility of another human being. And, and we kind of grew into the beginning of how we started our argument many years ago and why I had to make an amends. Please, um, what, however you're comfortable answering that. I, I, I didn't even mean for it to come out that way. But no, no, no. How do you think that, like, is an, as somebody that is capable of horrible things able to then teach somebody uh, how to be a good human being? And Well, okay, so... This answer isn't from me. Technically, I'm going to paraphrase a pretty controversial figure, a guy by the name of Jordan Peterson. You may have heard of him. Um, And he was talking about how he wants to point out how if you look if you look honestly into your heart, you'll be able to find that you, too, could have been a Nazi prison guard. Mm -hmm. And that's the horrible truth that most people don't want to face. Absolutely. Um. And I think there's something to that. Uh, I mean, I've been kind of, I've always been pretty upfront with like my own capacity to do harm. Yes. And, um, and I think what's what's the line? The line of good and evil runs through the heart of every man, or something yes. like that. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's yeah, I think that's mostly true. And I think having done things. Well, I wanna, I'm sorry. I want to go back and ask about your question. You asked, having done those things wrong, would you be able to handle the responsibility? Ask your question again. I'm sorry. Being, um, I'll even take it off of me, of, of somebody, um, you know, doing an amoral act. Uh-huh. For, uh, are they capable to raise or teach uh-huh. how to be a good person and that's something that i struggle with is is like can i i mean even just with sponsorship like i don't know if you know um i on a daily basis um so uh <laughs> i know i'm jumping all over the place i am schizophrenic um i didn't come out about it until a long time ago and i've gotten a lot of help from it um two i don't take medication because i have a wonderful therapist that's helped me manage the symptoms um on a daily basis because i don't take medication i have to ask myself i mean a hundred times a day are my motivations correct 
mm. in this thought, in this action. It's basically in AA, it's a, it's a 10 step. It's saying, am I doing good in my actions? And if I'm doing wrong, I need to promptly say that I'm not and apologize and, and correct myself. Mm-hmm. And being that, that I need to do that, I mean, hundreds of times a day, I need to ask myself, I, there's a lack of, 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 um, confidence mm-hmm. in the inherent goodness inside of me. So I fear, you know, um, being able to uh, help somebody, uh, 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 you know, um, I know that I uh, am capable of great things, but I also am like lack of self-confidence in that, you know, and it, it, it makes me like wonder like, uh, would I be corrupting somebody by trying to help them? You know, I, I don't know if that's making sense to you. Well, okay. So are you ever confused, not about fringe cases or cases that are gray or murky, but are you ever confused about cases that appear staunchly black and white to almost everybody else? Um, confusion in what way? Uh, you see a baby in a puddle splashing around. No one else is around. Oh, no, Do you pull I, the baby yes, out of the absolutely. puddle? Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So it seems to me that your moral compass isn't just spinning in circles. No, not anymore. No. It did for three years when I was using drugs, but drugs were certainly an influence on that, yeah. I would say, I'm, I'm curious, do you think even then, if had you seen a baby splashing in a puddle, you would have just been like, eh, and kept walking? So, I, 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 in that particular instance, um, no. But there were certainly times when I was out there where I knew, deep down inside, I was about to... Um, you know, uh, uh, about to rob somewhere to get money to get my drugs. Okay. I would be standing there and going, and this is wrong. Uh-huh. I shouldn't be doing it, uh-huh. but fuck it. And I go do it. Ah, I, ah, wait, 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 wait. Okay. What did you just say? What did but you, what was, it. but fuck it. Okay. What is that uh, okay, but that sound, that came out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but, what does but mean though? But means I know yeah. better. But means, I mean, you even said it. I know better. Mm-hmm. It's not that you didn't have the value. It's that something else you valued more at that time. Yes. Okay. So what you really have to be concerned about is not that you don't have the values. You do. Mm-hmm. You just have to make sure they're in the right order. Mm. Okay. I see. Okay. So what... <laughs> When I'm eating Chinese food, yeah. as I just did, I'm valuing the mouth pleasure more than me eating healthy food, which I know I should be eating. I, I got it slightly hard from you saying mouth pleasure. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I know better. Intellectually, I understand that I should do X, Y, and Z. But at the same time, I say, eh, fuck it. Uh-huh. Now, if I continue to do that, I'll get fat, like I did. I don't know if you saw me when I was fat. Probably not. Photos, yeah. Okay, you've seen photos, but you actually never saw... Okay. So, I got fat, mm-hmm. which I don't recommend. Don't don't ever get fat, if you're listening. Um, but, yeah, if I continue to do that, I'll get fat. But, more often than not, when I go to eat something unhealthy, I do an evaluation, and I think... Nah, I don't want to be fat. I'm going to go with okay. the healthy thing. It's the fact that you said, I, you know, so many times a day I have to check in and think, am I doing the right thing? Yeah, that's that's how you do, get about... Do you do that on a daily basis? Like, for example... For eating, sure. It depends. Certain things are automatic. Okay. So, like, uh, brushing my teeth, that's automatic. 
not doing heroin also automatic <laughs> like certain things come automatic to me they're easier uh-huh. um not everything though right so not um like there's a pile of laundry over there uh-huh. should it be there of course not i'm an adult it's not automatic okay i'm not as good at managing my time as i should be and i know that there's no excuse there there's no but that's just it uh-huh. is it a problem in my life not really if it became a problem then I would have to address it and the good thing is I said this is what family's really great for you so friend people talk about you know would your friend do you want your friends to call you fat I don't care about it. that's what family's for when your family goes hey man you're getting fat then it's time to lose weight then you know so when it becomes a problem when when the people around you who are close to you are are saying hey man you got a problem like what's going on it's a real fucking eye opener and it's very very helpful but for the most part people want you to be an independent person people want you to figure out and make life's mistakes and learn from them and i think that's a good thing for the most part i think there are many ways in which that is like you said you made the mistakes you learned and you have the potential to be able to teach from those mistakes and i think that's i think that's true and i think that's a good thing um as you're speaking um, What's not making sense to you? No, no, it's making sense, but my brain is going, um, and how we started this discussion via email a while ago, uh, please explain to me and River what the fuck morality is. It's something oh. that I can't seem to totally wrap my head around because you're kind of opening me up to that. It's actually very therapeutic to hear this of, of like, there's life is gray I'm sort of hearing you know uh, it's not a black hmm. and white for an addict that's difficult to understand um, but life like so gray. what the fuck is m- morality I, I please uh, well no so there's absolutely no grayness in certain questions like certain questions example please um, should I eat no, 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 no. Moral questions. I'm talking about moral questions. Okay. There's absolutely no great as when I say moral. So I, I say I, I try not to use the word moral, but in the in what you mean by moral, there we there are certain questions we have no question of, and one of those questions that is not a question is, would you fight to protect the people you love? And my answer is yes, of course. Um, the would you kill people? to protect the people you love and my answer is i fucking hope so mm. would you die again i i fucking hope so i don't know am i a coward mm. I've, I've never had to f- face that situation and i hopefully never do but i hope so um these aren't these aren't these are moral questions but they don't seem at all gray to me they seem like the easy ones okay there's a, sl- a sliding scale of what questions are easy to answer and hard to answer. So, um, what kind of wars should we support? Okay. What should we vote for? What should we get behind? What politics? That's morality. Sure. Okay. War. The wars. War is the content. We were just talking about killing, life and death. Uh-huh. Every war. I mean, you show me a bloodless war. I haven't heard of it. So, yeah, deciding whether or not to prop up. A belief? Not even a belief. To prop up an institution that is literally killing people 
is a decision. It's a, it's it's something that carries weight. Now, will I say it carries moral weight? No. And if you want to get, if you want to ask me, you ask me a direct question. You ask me what is morality, and my answer is I don't think morality is what people think it is. Morality. Um, if you ask someone like, uh, well, if you ask Plato, Plato would say. there's the form of the good and the forms exist in this ethereal realm outside of reality there's like the universe physical universe and then there's the forms where everything exists in perfection like whatever makes three three there's a perfect three out there in this realm of the forms and it is the perfect most perfect three you've ever seen forums forms like a form like a like like a like a form you fill out a form of my final form like that kind of thing so the form of the good is whatever the good is it's the good itself it's this it's an actual thing a, 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 a thing with its own unique property that is what like a hundred percent whatever the good is yeah and by corresponding to whatever that good actually is we become more like the good so by think of the form of the shoe whatever the perfect shoe is by conforming more to that like when we're building when a when a craftsman is making the best shoe ever it's because he's getting closer and closer to building the form of the shoe that's the idea and the good would be something like that so good acts resemble whatever you're getting closer and closer to whatever that purest simplest form of the good is that's the idea um that's how Plato would talk about it. And interestingly, this is kind of what Christians and even most theistic people who have God as the as the good itself believe. They think that God literally is the good. God's commandments are literally good. And by conforming with them and by conforming with God's will, you are getting closer to that form of the good. They are, in a sense, Platonists. In that, in the, in the way that I just in that kind of loose connection way that I just described, right? You have the guy trying to make the shoe. Yes. You have us trying to make the godly deeds. Yeah. I don't think that exists. Mostly, so. <laughs> mostly because I don't think that like a a God who is aware of us or is concerned about us exists. Even if you want to go as deep as pantheism and say, like, the universe is God, okay. But, like, that God doesn't care whether you masturbate. Agreed. Now, so, you know, I I don't want to sidetrack you from that, but that's actually something that um, I've battled with people in AA of... Um, you know, I'm and I'm I'm identify as an atheist, and 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 um, a lot of people feel that um, to be good, to be a good A, to be in recovery, mm-hmm. you need to believe in a higher God. power. And because yes, higher power is the technical term. I'm I'm getting more. Um, I'm thinking of a specific group of people. I mean, be more broad. But like for me, I don't think God, mm-hmm. a higher power, anything has the monopoly on morality. Oh, interesting. So, why do you think that? Uh, so, for uh, okay, so for example, there's. Um, is it like without God, you still wouldn't do X, Y, and Z? So, therefore, God is not the. So, yeah, but for but the reason I say that is because I grow up without a God. Uh huh. Um, and I think that no matter the deeds I have done, I still knew right from wrong. Okay. And I feel like I, there's a lot of people in the world that think that, you know, um, God is good. Right. And that to me 
I just think like again i i'm an atheist so it just it, it just rubs me the wrong way i don't think that right you know, it's insulting wanted, it's kind of insulting right uh, yes yes i think that you know um when i'm hearing that and i've certainly heard it from mutual friends that i that i respect and love and i don't feel that they're trying to insult me but to right. me it's like how are you going to say that something is an absolute i don't think there is any absolutes in this universe um there's very few um <laughs> and uh you know, there's no way that that that's where kind of this whole journey for me mm. dives from is like, I do you th- uh, I'm trying to form my question here, but like, do you d- agree or disagree? We'll leave it as broad as that, that um, th- that uh, that religion and God uh, hold a quote unquote monopoly on religion on God. On goodness, because the thing that I worry about is I know um, unless her mother has changed, R- River uh, is going to be raised in in probably about the same. Um, my goal is through this podcast to give her as many options as she wants she could choose. Right. And I feel like if somebody says that to me, you're saying that my daughter isn't good because she doesn't believe in God. Well, she doesn't believe in God yet, and if she decides to do that, mm-hmm. I have no problem. <laughs> you know. Right. But like, so then that's where the question for me comes in of like. Well, what is morality? Where does it come from? Right. Because I see this girl, this little girl being born and, and an inherent goodness inside of her. And I'm sure you've seen it with a child and your dog. There's an inherent goodness, I believe, hmm. inside of people. Do you, as a philosopher, believe in that? No. Okay. Well, I mean, and, and not even as a philosopher, just as like, okay, so like, there's an inherent goodness in my dog if you're not a rabbit. Ah, Okay. If you're, a, I mean, if you're a rabbit, my dog is gonna fuck your life up. It'll tear you to shreds. Not because like, maybe he's not mean, but he doesn't have a concept of mean. That's not really a thing. It's because it, his body tells him to, and he gets real excited. And he sees the runny thing with the fluffy. He wants to chase and sink his fucking teeth until it snaps its neck and tears its guts out. That's what he wants to do. So then, what is good, good and bad? What is good and bad? Um, good. Well, okay, so. Interesting question. Um, Good and bad, essentially, are ways that we as cultures have grown to talk about the things that we value and disfavor or disvalue. So, I mean, we tend to value things like um, family, things like um, meeting obligations, responsibilities, um, societies are typically built on that, so that's a that's a pretty big one. Um, friends, time, right? Time's a finite yes. resource. We value that very dearly. Um, and these are values that take varying precedence at different times in our life for different reasons, an assortment of reasons. Um, also, different cultures have you know nuances. Like some value the rights of women, others don't. But Excuse so me. Is, is good and bad relative to the observer as as uh, space and time are? Um. Well, it's interesting because people think every what is it? People think everything's relative by the theory of relativity, but that's actually not true, right? The one thing is absolutely constant. Yes, speed of light, first episode. Right. So, 
Um, that's it. That's where when I think about this stuff, um, and I hear people say that God is a whole other thing. And to me, I uh, that's why the first episode was that is the only fact that I can say for certain is the speed of light. Everything else is questionable. I don't. I don't think. I think you can. Is there some sense in which there really is no ultimate answer of what is right and wrong? And I would say, probably yeah. But that doesn't really matter to me. Why doesn't that matter to you? I mean, just there is a, a, a slight emotional uptick in me when you say that. I'm like, well, I think that you know, the scientist in me is like, well, I think at some point we could prove that. <laughs> you know, so- prove it. <laughs> that, I mean, I'd like to see that fucking math. Um, <laughs> damn. If you hey. You want to get a PhD real quick? Publish that paper. Um, uh, yeah. So why why do I think there's no ultimate good good and evil? Well, mostly because we haven't been able to come up with one, right? I mean, okay. Uh, we, we've been at it, and not just so skeptics. Skepticism is old. Skepticism is really old, like yes. old, 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 like ancient Greeks, ancient Greece, old. And um, there have been people trying to fire back at the skeptics since then. And they've, you know, had varying success, but no one's really done it. So, like, when you were talking about, you know, you don't have a good sense of what the good really is. Like, you're not 100% on what it, like, you're having trouble thinking about it and describing it. Well, I wanted to say, well, yeah, you and, like, every other human in the world, right? You know, and there's people who have varying degrees of confidence that they figured it out. But, I mean, if they were really right... I mean, maybe we wouldn't know, and that would just be unfortunate, but I feel like if they were really right, you know, the proof should be in the pudding. There should be one answer. There should be no debate. And uh, the fact that the debate has uh, carried on this long gives us an answer that maybe maybe it isn't. Maybe maybe we saw, I think, in part, what morality really is, is a kind of hubris, that we saw other animals in their niches flourishing in various ways, and that we wanted to think well there's something more for us there's something grander in the design and whatever it is it's more than just you know making a bunch of copies of ourselves and dominating the land and building high buildings it's good what's good well it's like it's it's what we were put here to do okay well who put us here yeah you know, who who writ this into the fabric of the universe, right? The idea, if there's something objectively good, that means it's, it's good in a way that doesn't really depend on whether or not we're here. And that... Oh, okay. Wonderful. Right, so... The speed of light is the speed of light. All humans could die tomorrow, and the photons that are flying from the sun and traveling through the asteroid belt of our solar system would keep going on their way without having noticed at all. You know, our our masses haven't really moved substantially. They're all still here on Earth, so the, the photon just keeps going. Good would have to be something like that, I think. Good would have to be something, not a photon, not an electron, but it would have to be something that just doesn't depend on us. And I don't know that I can think of anything that fits that description, right? There's there's no real room for that in the in the um, in the standard model or in quantum physics that I'm aware of. So then, um, my question is: uh, Is our collective consciousness? the 
uh, decider of the reality of good at that time. Oh, so like, well, I mean, just matter of factly, like, yeah, I mean, that's that's the way government works, right? Government tells us what we can and can't do, and that's mostly based on what the people in the given area think is right and wrong, right? I mean, that's how it works. What's right here, well, okay, not what's right here, but what's legal here is different than what's legal in Iran or China or New Zealand, right? We have differing rights, different rights, different... Um, different things will incur punishment different things even if there was no punishment different things would incur praise and different things would get people rounding up torches to burn down your your hut you know um and that's that's whether or not we really know what's right or wrong none of those people know they think they know i mean i think i know you asked me i can tell you and when you asked me i believe my answer was well do you want to know what i think yeah because I don't know what I know. I don't know if I know anything about morality, but I know what I think. And I, and I gave you my answer, and it was long and rambling and probably didn't make a lot of sense, but it's because it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, you're having trouble with it. I have trouble with it. Um, but I'm not, again, I'm not super disturbed by it. I used to be. I, and I think so, there, so how do you then get to uh, a somewhat, um, because I'm in the... Well, what do you care about? Uh, I care about my daughter. I care about Kelly. Wait, wait, wait. You could list six, seven different things, right? Yes. So you know what you care about. Okay. So then why are you worried about whether it's good? Does anyone else wildly disagree with what you think is good? No, I think the biggest good in my life is maintaining sobriety, and everybody agrees. Do you trust? Right. Person when I do that. Do you trust Uh, the people around you? Yes. Now, yes. Okay. So then, what are you worried about? Whether or not, um, take like I know my sobriety is definitely right, but whether or not the person that I am, um, I want to offer this girl that I'm doing this for mm. the best possible. Wait, 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 wait. Doing this for or doing your life for? This and the life that. Are you not doing your life for you? I believe that when I created that girl, that doesn't matter anymore. Ooh, okay, so what has has anyone suggested that it's possible? I think back to one of the meetings and someone was saying, one of the ones we were at, some person was saying how the disappointment of their child was crushing. Yes. And it nearly drove them over the edge. Do you think, if you're not doing this for you too, that you'll have what you need in those times? So... uh, And in a sense, doing it for you is also doing it for her. That's where I'm trying to get you to. Yes. To cut this all short. I totally, totally agree with that. Um, what I where I messed up in um, the 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 podcast itself, like what I'm trying right. to, okay. um, I I tend to, you know, I married the two ideas, um, but like the, I'm trying to offer the best resources I can, okay, so she can make the best decision she can. Great. Um, and and like I. I mean, basically, I know it's a discussion, but, like, I don't know the answers, and it terrifies me that I don't. (laughs) So. 
was quite an honest, like totally slipped out of my mouth, very honest um, answer to, or, or statement, I should say. Yes, it terrifies me that I that I will not be able to give her the best resources to... Would you be happier with false confidence? I think I would know that it was false. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, Although I am very good at lying to myself. <laughs> it does uh, crash apart. It's the easiest person to lie to. Yes. And the one you lie to the most, typically. Oh, 100%, yes. So... I'm sorry, because I'm thinking about this in real time. So, um... Yeah, pauses are fine. It's good that you worry. It's good that you're terrified. I'm not sure I never want to be an incurious person Agreed And though there's a comfort that comes with belief and knowing the answers and thinking you have the answers to the big questions there's it seems to me a poisonous incuriosity. Mm, okay. Okay. That doesn't mean that I think that people who have faith or think they have the answers to these questions, even secular people who think they have the answers to these big questions, are incurious in all times, in all, in all ways, or that they are unintelligent or that they can't provide very good arguments because that's what religious apologists do. They provide very powerful arguments, or they try to. And I spend my time looking at them. I, I mean, I still look at them because I'm still interested. I'm still curious. I'm, I, there's part of me, there's part of me, a cowardly part, that would love to have the answers and be done. But my heart just isn't in it. Okay. And that, I guess, the the existential dread that you describe. Yes. Hums at times, for, but for the most part, it doesn't really bother me because I know that I've never read anything in a philosophy textbook or from a quote I've seen or read or heard from a YouTube discussion, doesn't matter, that's ever dramatically changed the way I feel about the people around me and the life I'm living. Okay. And by that, I don't mean that these these ideas don't change the way I behave. They do. But at the same time, there's more to me than that. So even if I had the answers, let me ask you a question. If it turned out that you found out there was a God and there was this objective good, but the, but that, um, let's say determinism is true okay. and the feeling of love you feel for your daughter is completely just a part of his design. It's completely his doing not you do you love her any less no okay so what are you worried about i think that's a beautiful 
end point. I, 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 <laughs> um, I shouldn't be worried about anything because the, 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 the feeling exists no matter what. Ooh, you just, you just, you just put something up for me to knock down. Okay. Please. You should be worried. You should be terrified. Okay. Uh, the, Why? To me in that scenario. Oh no, no, not of that. Not oh, of that. Oh, okay. Okay. Not of that. Of, um, ever losing, we, 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 we all the time lose track of what's important to us and lose track of the things that should be motivating us. I told you, I just ate Chinese food. I shouldn't be eating Chinese food. We lose track. You should be terrified, but I think you should be terrified about different things okay. because I think you have goals and I think those goals sound as admirable as any. And I think you trust the people around you and you're in a good place there. And it seems like you're heading in a good direction. So if your daughter has big questions, I mean, there's plenty of resources you can point her towards there's, that you don't have to say, well, we think things through with logic and with, you know, there's plenty of, I mean, the, the big questions have been asked a thousand times by a thousand people. And you can, you can go over those and look those up and learn with her even if you don't know them off the top of your head. But for the big basic stuff, you know, I mean, you have a good idea. And uh, if you want an easy guidepost, Please. To just a, a shorthand. I mean, it's the best one that humanity's ever come up with. If, if anything has lasted the test of time, it's the fucking golden rule, man. Okay. You know that. It's, I mean, it's so obvious and cliche. It's cliche because it's fucking genius. Uh-huh. Who came up with that? Uh, it actually pre-existed uh, Christianity. So it was not Jesus, unfortunately. Or Is that fortunately. from... Um the eye for an eye did it come out of that sort of god i hope not it's a, it's so barbaric but um maybe it might have come out of the same society it might be mesopotamian i don't actually know i looked it up once i just know that it predates christianity okay. so they can't take credit for it and don't <laughs> let them don't you dare let them they'll try you watch i'm sure they talk about the sermon on the mountain okay fuck that it pre-existed christianity and they know it does okay so yeah, the golden rule is great shorthand. But another thing I like to think about, so like I'm a, I'm a pretty radical guy. I have some pretty radical political beliefs. And I uh, another thing I think about is what I hire someone else to do it. And what uh, So, okay. Would I do or would I do the thing I hire other people to do for me? Oh, okay, okay, okay. So it's it's not about just doing other unto others as I would have others do unto me. Um would I tell somebody else to do that? Yeah. Would, would, uh, no, am I comfortable doing the things that I have other people do on my half? So remember I said before, like voting for war. Okay. That kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, well, what's the war for? Well, we need, you know, well, we want to feel more secure. Well, all right. But I go out and would I personally go out and kill people to make myself feel more secure, like right now? Uh-huh. Which people? Where? Who? Why? There's a bunch of answers to questions I really need to know before I would go do that myself. And Mm. I don't think those answers typically have, or those questions have good answers or have been properly answered. Um, I feel the way I do about most government things because when you use the government to get something done, um, you use the course of power of the state, which means ultimately it's backed by a violence the threat of violence not not violence itself necessarily right so when you very big stick 
Well, yeah. So when you, when you tax someone for uh, Pendulette, put it this way, and the great magician, uh, moral philosopher Pendulette, um, he said what most brought him into being a, a libertarian, a bleeding heart libertarian, as he likes to say, um, is his friend asked him, you know, would you would you use a gun to get it done? And think about that in terms of any of the government functions that they perform. And if the answer is no, then you probably shouldn't vote for it. Now, there's no necessary connection there, right? So if you're not emotionally capable of, let's say, killing your own chickens, Mm. maybe that doesn't mean that eating chickens is wrong. Mm. But I think maybe, maybe you shouldn't. I don't know. There's something compelling about it. There's, mm. if, if you can't do it, maybe it's not for you. And maybe having someone else do it and paying them to do it or hiring them to do it isn't, isn't how you should be going about living your life. Maybe there's a reason that your body and your mind is telling you, hey, this isn't for you. And maybe that reason by ignoring it and putting it off and basically having a third party do it is somehow all making right. the world worse. You did give me something now that all day tomorrow I'm going to be thinking about. <laughs> We're going to have to regroup on this and, and, and because, yes, okay, that's a very interesting, So very interesting. Penn puts it like this. Would I uh, give money to open a library? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes, okay. Would I... Um, would I work to raise money for a library? Yes. Okay, I'd do that. Would I uh, lie to have a library open? Well, I think the library is very important. Maybe. Maybe I'd lie. Would I steal? Probably not. I don't know if I would steal. But would I hold a gun to someone's head uh-huh. and force them to pay for a library I want built? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think I would do yeah. that. Okay. So if I don't think it's okay for me, or if I wouldn't do it myself, why should I hire someone else to do it for me? Why should I support a tax that's going to build a library? I could, if I really like the library, I'll donate to the library. So like, for instance, I donate to Planned Parenthood. I think Planned Parenthood should exist. I'm extremely pro-choice up to a point. It gets philosophical and dumb real quick. Don't worry about it. The bottom line is I believe in that institution and I would perform an abortion myself and I would support it. Um, do I think tax dollars should go to Planned Parenthood? Well, no, I don't, I don't think so. Cause I don't think I would hold a gun to someone's head to keep it open. Even though for many people, the, uh, the topic of abortion is life and death, right? For pro-life people, it's, you know, life and death is online. I wouldn't raise, ta- I wouldn't have our tax money go for that. And that makes me a little different. Now, that's how I look at pretty much all government institutions. And, you know, you can convince me, you can convince me on certain things like healthcare, things like that. You know, if we're going to have a government, why not have it do the things that we all value, like health, well-being? Okay, sure. But I still don't know. I Yeah, I still don't know if I would, again, hold a gun to someone's head and force them to pay for a sick person. I, I mean, I would... I would donate my time to help a sick person. I would give, I give blood to random people. I don't know. I mean, I'm not out there on the street. I give it to the Red Cross, I right? Let's be clear. <laughs> <laughs> there are people coming up just asking for my blood. 
Um, and if they are, it's probably not for good. No, <laughs> no, they are up to something. Yeah. That take that advice. If someone comes up and asks you for their blood, <laughs> and they are not a medical professional, do not give it to them. It should also be in a medical setting. <laughs> <laughs> I think if Annalise came up to me and her scrubs and said, "I need your blood," I'd be like, "Wait, hold on a second. I trust you, but that's a little shit. Let's go to the hospital." <laughs> right, right. So the, those the golden rule is a great one. And uh, what I do it myself. I think those two questions are pretty powerful and can really affect the way you look at the way you interact with the rest of the world. And um, I think off of that, you can build a pretty expansive and compassionate worldview. Like, what do I, what kind of, because you have to ask yourself, well, what kind of world do I want to live in? And by treating others, by treating others as you would want to be treated, you're actually creating that world that you aspire to live in that's the idea right so another little piece of wisdom that um jordan peterson imparted was a truly selfish person some well some selfish people can be parasitic and just thrive off of the good work of others but for the most part a smart selfish person someone's truly selfish is going to figure out to be selfish in a way that benefits the people around him. So at least the people around him keep him around long enough so he can continue to be selfish. Mm. And if he really wants to do it, he wants to expand that circle to his community. Because once he's valued in his community, then he can be truly selfish and he can benefit off of all his relationships amongst the community. And by expanding that circle and making it bigger and bigger, by thinking about the long-term consequences of your actions and how they will impact you and how other people will trail in your stream that you cut through the river of life. You can, in a sense, be altruistic in a selfish manner. And scientists, behavioral scientists and... um, evolutionary scientists will call this uh it was reciprocal altruism okay the idea that it's really i do good for me because at some point i think almost like karmic it's going to come back and help Mm -hmm. me now it's not this like mystical idea of karma it's very much a practical you know uh you do this podcast um you know grant you'll uh edit my podcast for me one day if I ask you to something like that you know it's it's um quid pro quo in the question of like the idea that an AA is if I stay sober um and be very selfish in in protecting that oh yeah they tell you um, to be selfish right I yes yeah very selfish in 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 uh, protecting that um the path towards that and maintaining that because of that that will expand to my family uh-huh. in a positive way. And it was something very difficult for me to understand. I was oh, yeah. like, I've been selfish by putting a needle in my arm. What are you talking about? No, and then no. I not about, not to your future self, because yeah. that's a person. Your, your future self is a person. You, and if you're really thinking about them, if, the, if they're you too, then you, you, have to figure, you have to think about the consequences of your actions. If, if, you're, if you're naive and you can only think to the next second, then yeah, sure. I mean, bliss is bliss, but... Mm. Is that reciprocal altruism, or is oh no no that's the, that's that's the, that's a type of egoism. That's a type of way of thinking about just you, just in the long term. But reciprocal altruism, the idea is that you build a community and it expands uh-huh. based on the fact that 
it doesn't necessarily help me when I don't litter. But when I choose to not litter and I embrace other people who do, and other people see me not littering, I live in a cleaner neighborhood. Mm. That's how a neighborhood stays clean. Mm. Okay. Right? So when you merge in traffic, reciprocal altruism is, I don't, technically, I would get home faster if I fucked over everybody and always didn't let someone in. Mm. But if everybody does that, nobody's in anywhere. Yeah. Right. Okay. So the question is, how do you how do you realize where those situations are in life and how do you make more of them and answer them in the right direction how do you let someone merge more often and if you let someone merge more often in your life and everyone does this not even everyone if just more people do it it's a better place to live and realizing that is a part of maturity realizing that is a part of being learning and growing and being a, a you know a, a real adult, as they say, adulting, as our generation says. So, um, <laughs> I want to say, I didn't mean for this to be like such a, a therapy session for me, um, <laughs> but I'm still going to be selfish in asking this. Like, so gi- give me a task. Give you a give task? Me, give me something. <laughs> Bring me <laughs> the horn of Everclaw. <laughs> um, give me a, a, something that I can do tomorrow uh-huh. that. Uh, would greater uh, um, expand my moral... You still smoke cigarettes? Uh, vape. Okay, you can still do something. Um, I was going to say, if you smoke a cigarette, walk all the way to the trash can and throw it out. I smoke cigarettes some uh, when I'm at a meeting. So tomorrow I probably won't smoke a cigarette, but next time I... Throw it out. Okay. I normally do, but not every time, but I, I, I do. Do it every time. 60%. Okay. Just do that. Okay. It's not moral. I don't know if it's good, but I know it. Would you rather live in a cleaner world? You want your daughter to live in a cleaner world? Yes. Yeah, so, so people need to start throwing out their cigarettes, right? Yes. So why don't you? Because I'm an asshole. Selfish. No, you're just not, you're not being properly selfish. Ooh, mind blown. There, I think you saw it. Right? I was like, oh fuck, he's right. Uh. Mm. I mean, I, 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 I would like to say that I have thrown out every cigarette butt that I have smoked over the past year, and I could say that ninety-nine percent honestly. Mm-hmm. But I was one percent an idiot. I wasn't being properly selfish. And you know what I noticed it was? It wasn't even, it was after the fact. It was just in a social situation where one dude threw a cigarette and usually I go, don't be that guy, just fucking throw it out. And which sucks because you're the one dude who's walking to throw it out and they're like, oh, Mr. Fucking saves the world over here. Huh? Thinks he's fucking Captain Planet. No, fucking just throw it out. Just throw it out. And if you want... If you, if you really if you really want to rub it into them if they're being assholes pick up their fucking butt throw that away too so I want to do this again because this went totally off a of track where I wanted it to go although I'm very happy with where it went um, I want to do this again okay uh, um, that was that was great I am going to uh, do that 
uh, I'm going to try and before next time we meet again and do this, okay. my personal goal is to every cigarette that I smoke will, and I'll report back honestly whether or not I achieved it. Okay. I will say don't beat yourself up if you just like yes. unconsciously forget. My therapist has been very much programming i mean don't ruminate on it yes. yeah if you're if you for if you literally just forget yes. like if you consciously go nah and put it on the ground that's a like that shame is shame that's like oh shit you fucked up there's a like there's useful shame and then there's things that you just beat yourself up for and hate yourself and it's just negative and bad and destructive but I guess figuring out how to channel that is all part of your therapy. Yes. So I don't want to interfere with that. Don't listen to me. Yeah. I'm not a trained professional. <laughs> Never mind. Forget what I just said. Forget it all. No, 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 no. You're actually very in line of, of what he's saying um, with stuff. Um, the one thing that I'd like to... Um, I that, like that I've been ask, uh, asking people when they do this, if you could go back to the uh, Ben at oh, 12 like, years old... Like, oh, okay. Okay. What do you say to that kid and we'll end the show? What do you what I don't give a shit what it is. What do you say to him? I love you. Um hang in there. And You got good people around you even if you don't realize it. Beautiful. Cut. <laughs>